Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you to the man with the wonderful voice for that introduction. Bonnie D. in the house, happy to be here. This is our longest running SAP Game Changers radio show. I can't even believe 11 years. The show has been with me almost since the beginning when I started Game Changers Radio for SAP. So there, happy to be here. Our sponsor, Press, Press Chatterjee, cannot join us today, but we have a wonderful panel and a very hot topic for you. So let me, first panel, just for the heck of it, wave hello to LinkedIn. We're streaming live. This is so cool. There we go. Colin wave, Nilly wave. Paul wave. There's a slight delay, so I'm waiting to see the wave on my other screen. Good. And a shout out to our engineer, Matt, at Voice America, the business channel. So let me start with my opening monologue, as always. There we go. We're waving on LinkedIn now. It's like watching us in, in the rearview mirror here. Let me start my opening monologue, and I'll tell you what we're going to talk about today. Very interesting topic. And then I'll have each of my very special esteemed guests introduce themselves. Then we'll go through their opening quotes, which have nothing to do with the topic, but they're from some cool movies and TV and songs and then we'll go into our formal roundtable. So buzz number one is from a website called teampay.co. I don't know, I just found this. As specialized tools and technology have emerged, listen up everybody, the role of the CFO has evolved. CFOs of companies large and small need to embrace flexibility, develop global strategies, Colin's nodding, and shift their focus to look forward rather than back. That's what we talk about on this show, the changing role of the CFO. And we're continuing that conversation. I have a quote from the CFO of J.P. Morgan Chase. Her name is Marianne Lake. She says, when you are a successful company, you have to fight really hard to make sure you avoid complacency, arrogance, and bureaucracy. We're still addressing the needs of the CFO. I think we're writing a job description here, Nelly, of what a CFO <laughs> needs to be. And then I have a quote from Jim Johnson, the former CFO of a company called Adaptive Insights. The CFO needs to be supported by a strategic FP&A team that is excellent at all levels. It should be a team that's prepared for where the company is going, not where it's been. Paul, you like that one? I do. I think I do. we agree with that one. So let me, now that we've set this up, let me tell you a little more about our conversation here. Amid globally turbulent times, I don't have to tell you what they are. We're all here, thank goodness, and we know what this is. Today's FP&A function, that's financial planning and analysis, is striving to spend less time planning, and I'm putting air quotes around that, and more time delivering value-added analysis to its business constituents. They want to know what does it all mean? What do we do with it? How is this going to happen? Finance and the IT support teams need to focus on the future. Did we just lose Colin from our feed here? Yeah, we lost Colin. I'm sure he'll be back. IT and uh, the support teams need to focus on the future, utilizing the available modern tools. Modern tools, Nilly, we're talking about artificial intelligence, right? We're talking about machine learning, right? Paul, we're talking about analytics. Indeed of course, mm -hmm. and collaboration. I didn't know that collaboration was a modern tool. I just thought it was something that we all need to get get over the silos. We need to we need to collaborate. So similar to the automotive, here we go. Colin is back. This, hey, this is live. This is what happens sometimes with technology. Let me get him back on the air here. Colin, there he is coming up. Colin, Colin Chu. All right, he'll be back. There he is. Hi, okay, oh, you, you're back. That. 
It's okay. I'm still in the middle of the monologue. So let me finish this up. Similar to the automotive industry that works to deliver safe self-driving vehicles. You've all heard of that. FP&A needs to, and here I have a movie quote I embedded here. It needs to feel the need, the need for speed. You all know I'm quoting Tom Cruise as Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell in the Top Gun films. The new one just came out and it's supposed to be fabulous. Automotive is doing this and finance needs to drive automated or even better autonomous planning. So what steps can your FP&A team, I'm talking to companies around the world in our viewing and listening audience, what steps can you take to harness technology to today in order to optimize your time delivering the best possible analysis to your organization tomorrow? We'll ask finance professionals Paul Davis at Analysis Prime. Paul, wave. There he is. Newcomer to the show. So happy to meet you, Paul. We met on a prep call last week. Colin Chu at SAP, another newcomer. Colin, wave hello. There he is. And we have a returning guest. She's been on so many times. You're just, I'm going to say mishpocha, Nilly. We understand. She's part of the family. There we go. She's Nilly Asades, and she's now with the Noi Group. That's N-E-U-G-R-O-U-P. And I'm going to ask them for their take on driving the emphasis on analysis for finance. Focus on automation. Long introduction. Glad you came back, Colin. We really needed you. Bonnie D in the house. Happy to be here again. Shout out to Pras Chatterjee who couldn't join us today. Shout out also to Chris Grundy, who's been a longtime sponsor of this series. No longer on Pras's team, but still our guardian angel. Okay, let's go around the table. Paul Davis, time to introduce yourself. We want to know a little bit about you. What is Analysis Prime? And we want to know why are you I'm going to put air quotes around this, Paul. Why are you an expert? Why should people listen to you talk about finance, automation, analysis, planning? Paul, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. I think it was in one of those early years, 11, 12 years ago, when you started this program. So um, way back in the day. So congratulations on the success you've had in in, in running this program. And it's great to be back. Um, So Paul Davis, uh, as the crown of gray that I have uh, suggests, I've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, I've been in the planning uh, reporting analytics solutions space for 26 years now. Uh, So in uh, 2018, it was finally my turn to to launch my own firm. Uh, We really launched Analysis Prime around a new vision of consulting uh, with the cloud, with SaaS, with digital. Uh, We felt that uh, consulting was going to require some new uh, methodologies and approach to really address, especially the SaaS and the cloud. Uh, And so we built this team uh, from the ground up to be able to address that. So we're focused more on relationships instead of project. We're we're focused on uh, empowerment and engagement with our customers because the SaaS-based solution really means uh, that long-term engagement with, with a product rather than a specific project. Uh, And so that's a little bit about Analysis Prime. We are 100% focused on SAP uh, and the EPM space. Uh, Why should listen to me? Well, those 26 years, I've I've architected design probably over 300 projects. Uh, I've worked with a ton of customers in this space. Uh, I've been a thought leader at conferences, uh, events, uh, blogging, uh, through a lot of that time. So uh, my name is out there and uh, I've had a lot of experience. Thank you, Paul. And I apologize. I keep forgetting it was so many years ago you were on the show. Every time Paul says, but I was on the show before. (laughs) Yes, you were. I had to look you up in the guest directory. Let's just say welcome to the new financial excellence because now we're on Zoom and things have changed a little bit and we weren't live streaming back in the day. I'm allowed to say that. Paul, thank you. And congratulations on the success of your company. That's really cool. And what I'm hoping we do here, and, and Colin, I'm addressing this to you in particular, 
particular. What I'm hoping we do for our audience listening and viewing is that we give them the energy and excitement that all three of you feel. Nellie's been in the, this field for a long time. Paul has. And Colin, five years at SAP, you're still a, a newbie. You're a millennial, young millennial. But my point is that um, I'm intrigued, <clears throat> excuse me, by how exciting the field has gotten. That it's not just, oh, we're going to sit in the basement with an eye shade and a green banker's lamp and we're going to do spreadsheets for the next 45 years. Kill us now. So the point is that uh, I, I'm enjoying and appreciating every time I do this show once a month, the energy that my guests are bringing to the idea of working in finance and corporate finance. So there, that's my little speech. Paul, thank you so much for the motivation there. Let's go to Co- Colin is a newcomer to the show because I just met him last week. So Colin, putting you on speaker view, would you please introduce yourself and what are you doing in finance? Colin, of course, welcome. Bonnie. It's a pleasure to be on the show. So as Bonnie has introduced, my name's Colin. I'm a part of the product team for planning and analysis at SAP. I've been doing this for only five years now, so I guess I'm a little bit of a millennial, a little bit of a newbie, but I'm coming from an augmented analytics background as a product manager, so I know that AI is the forefront of the future of analytics, especially with the automated insights, getting value from your data is just so important nowadays. And it's so much easier than building a report from Excel, like when I used to do back in business school, however many years ago that was. But AI and finance are such great topics that marry along together. And I can see with AI, there's the use cases out there are just absolutely endless. So that's why I'm super passionate and excited about this topic. And sometimes I even dream about the day where we can imagine AI has been dedicated and created just towards financial planning so that we can help, you know, do the scenario planning so for me so that I can just choose between the top three scenarios and I don't have to do any of that planning myself. So Finance is the core of the economy, and it's ultimately what helps me fund my trips to Coachella. So what's not to love about corporate finance? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was well done, Colin. You can come back anytime. I'll tell (laughs) Pras. You you waste that bio. Very well done. Everybody wants to finance their trips to Coachella, I'm sure. Thank you, Colin. Pleasure to meet you, and thank you for joining us. And and, uh, Pras was supposed to be on the show, and and he had to to go to, to a conference, and he selected you. And I can see why. So thank you very much. And let's go to Nilly, our family member here. Nilly has been on so many shows over so many years. And uh, Nilly, you always bring such a, a depth of knowledge and experience with you. So I'm going to put you on speaker view. And would you please refresh us? Nilly, I'm going to make a guess, a mathematical guess here. Colin's going to love this. I'm guessing that in our audience all over the world, that there might be 9.3 people who don't remember you, Nilly. Would you please... <laughs> Colin, this is, AI helps me with this formulation. It does. This is very officially done. Paul's thinking, I can't get into this. I'm doing the math. Uh, <laughs> you're doing the math. Okay. So, Nilly, talk to those 9.3 people and tell them what you've been up to. That who They're the ones who really want to hear it. Nilly, welcome back. Thank you. So happy to be back. And I think you're dating me a little bit, Bonnie, by saying I've been on so many shows for so long, not to mention that I have gray hair, but... Um, so I guess that gives me a little bit of a perspective on how finance has changed over time, and it has. Um, it's much more exciting to me now than it was before, over both because the role of the CFO has evolved and because the tools have evolved to make that role more meaningful and strategic. So I'm Nilia Sadis. I am the uh, Managing Director of Research and Insight at a company called Neugroup. If you're not familiar with us, uh, we run... 
26 peer groups of finance professionals. We produce a newsletter, we have uh, conferences or smaller forms, I wouldn't say conferences, uh, and do a lot of research. And I joined the group just recently after working at the Hackett Group uh, as the Senior Director of uh, Research for EPM and Finance. Before that, I was FP&A Practice Lead at AFP. So I've been working in the FP&A space and loving it. Uh, I think it's the most exciting part of finance, and I'm sure you all agree um, today and even before uh, for quite some time. I started in finance right out of graduate school, so I stuck with it, and I stuck with it not just to fund trips to fun places, but um, because it's just intellectually extremely interesting. Um, and more interesting than it used to be. So I'm happy to be here, always happy to help and kind of provide a perspective on how things have changed. And sometimes that's useful to think in context of what's happened before. And I think in today's show, that's going to pop up as a theme as well, at least in my comments, that there is some use to um, and to that long, longer term perspective on how the economy and the markets have behaved. Thank you, Nilly. Thank you very much. Happy to have you. I wasn't dating you. I was just saying it's wonderful <laughs> to have you back again. That's all Thank familiar. You. Familiar faces are good. And and I'm always intrigued when a guest who's been on many, or I'll just say a few times, she's been on a few <laughs> times, changes companies, and then I have to learn to pronounce a new company. But the name, it took me years to learn to pronounce your last name. And you kept telling me it rhymes with that car that starts with M. And I finally, I finally <laughs> got it. So mnemonics are very appreciated. Thank you all for the introductions. And thank you for the energy you're already bringing to our topic. If you're just tuning in, this is Financial Excellence with Game Changers. If you're watching us on LinkedIn, we've got some good energy going here. Our topic is driving emphasis on analysis for finance. I think that's kind of poetic, and I think we could compose a song with those lyrics. Focus on automation. My special guests today are Paul Davis at Analysis Prime, Colin Chu at SAP, and the wonderful Nilly Asades at the Noy Group. And I'm still Bonnie D, and I plan to be for the rest of the show. I've been done that for a long time, said that kind of an inter-show inter, inter introduction. So let's go. Now it's time for the quotes. I've asked my three guests to send me a quote from a movie, fictional character, movie, or TV series, or a song lyric that has absolutely nothing to do literally with our topic. And they're going to tell us what they think it does have to do with our topic. So Paul Davis has sent us a quote from, oh, Samantha, voiced by the wonderful Scarlett Johansson. The movie was her. This is way before it was she, her, they, them, before we were, <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. It was just her. 2013, was it really nine years ago, Paul? Nelly, talk I about know. dating. American sci-fi romantic drama film. I love how they string all of those genres together. And uh, her, stylized in lowercase, written, directed, and produced by Spike Jones in his solo. Oh, screenwriting debut. Very, very interesting. Uh, interesting that if Jones conceived the idea of the movie in the early 2000s after reading about a website that allowed instant messaging with an AI program. How about that? And we're talking about AI today. Interesting. Okay. And did you know that the film was dedicated to James Gandolfini and a couple of other people who died before the film's release? So very interesting. It's about a computer voice that everybody falls in love with because they think she's talking only to them and she becomes their companion. It's an operating system, but she did have a sexy voice. Okay. Here is the, I'm going to attempt, I'm going to attempt some kind of an AI voice here, Paul. I probably won't do it. Well, the DNA of who I am 
is based on the millions of personalities of all the programmers who wrote me. But what makes me, me, is my ability to grow through my experiences. So basically, in every moment, I'm evolving just like you. Paul, how did I do? Wow. Is that awful? Wow. No, is that okay? No. I, I think if you'd thrown a little bit of sexy Johansson voice in there, that may have just been the kill shot, Bonnie. But it was, it was good. It was good. I, let me try one more time. The all DNA. Right, right. The DNA of who I am is based on the millions of personalities of all the programmers who wrote me. How's that? Better? Oh, I might need to splash myself with water. That was Be you, careful. You, you okay. were purring in that one. That was fantastic. <laughs> I was. I have those voices. Paul, what does this have to do with our topic today? Please. Well, so for me, um, getting into the field that I've been in and doing consulting for FPNA for 26 years, sometimes I have to explain what, why are you interested and why it's fun for you, right? Uh, and it's it's always a new puzzle. It's always going to a new client, a new industry, learning their business, how it's different. And it's never the same, right? And so I get to evolve my knowledge of the FP&A space, of these customers, of the products and of where the technology is going over time. And it's, and it's the integration of not only the technology and the data, but also those unique personalities, those unique individual personalities, business personalities that go in and feed into these ultimate solutions that we derive that are going to make the AI and the machine learning work. Uh, and so it's that human factor. And that's what excites me is bringing the human factor to the technology and sussing that out uh, to be able to make something that's really unique and special. Thank you very much. And thanks for the great movie quote. I did see the movie and I really enjoyed it. Nilly, did you see that movie, her? I did. It seems like a long time ago, right? <laughs> I think we need to find out if somebody's streaming it on, on an on-demand channel. Co Co Colin, have you ever seen her? I actually have not. I, maybe outside of my <laughs> age range. <laughs> got it. Got it. Don't go there. It's got to be on your got to be on your your must see list, right, Paul and Nilly? Mm -hmm. got, got to. Very prescient. A very yeah. prescient movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very interesting in the, the concept of socialization and technology and how loneliness, right? The need for mm. companionship, even if that is not a visible person, it's just a concept. That's, that's all it really was, was a verbal concept that was there all the time. It's, it is a romantic story, believe it or not. Even though Scarlett Johansson was not visible, but it was still a romantic story. Thank you very much, Paul. Great quote. Colin Chu has selected a quote from, oh, this was a great movie called Parasite. I saw that one too. Parasite. Yes, Nilly saw it too. It won... <laughs> A leading four awards at the 52nd Academy Awards, the Oscars, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best International Feature Film. It was the first non-English language film ever to win the Best Picture Oscar. It was a very strange story about a man living in a basement of a house that somebody was trying to bring their family in and fall under false pretenses and see how the other half lived. That's all I'm going to say. Very, very interesting. Uh, the character who's saying the line I'm going to say is was Mr. Kim Kai-tek, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, played by Song Kang-ho. Parasite is the 2019 South Korean black comedy thriller film, and it won the Palm d'Or in Cannes considered the best film of 2019 and one of the greatest movies of the 21st century. Colin, I was so excited when I recognized the name of the movie. So here's the line. You know what kind of plan never fails? No plan. No plan at all. You know why? Because life cannot be planned. Oh, Colin, be still my heart. What does this have to do with our topic like we can't figure it out? Go ahead. 
Yeah, so let me not give you let me give you a little bit of context behind it. So without spoiling a bit too much, the father who kind of speaks this quote, he's a bit hard of the lower class, like you said. He is struggling to afford the basic necessities and the lack of planning is super ironic here because it's ultimately what causes everything to go wrong in the film. And I think this is super relatable in the finance space because if you don't plan, sure you don't have those expectations and you're not going to like go wrong but or like not meet your target or you don't have the target but just like the father in the film you might end up falling short so i think the irony here is what makes this film super special and that you should always have a plan but just make sure that you plan for the unexpected while you're at it thank you very much you know there's a phrase that's used in a lot of movies and it goes way back in ancient lore uh, man plans god laughs you've heard that one it's used mm -hmm. all over the place. So there we go. We're, we're trying. We're really trying. Thank you very much. And let's go to Nilly's quote. And Paul, I put your first discussion statement in the chat for you. Nilly is, oh, Nilly. I've actually seen all three movies that you're all talking about today. That is rare. I, I haven't been to movies since pre-you-know-what. It's been two years, but I, I, watch, I watch mostly French detective TV thrillers on TV because <laughs> I used to speak fluent French and now I listen and I I'm picking it back up again and I read you can't do something you have to watch the screen I read all the English subtitles it's cool Nilly is quoting Auguste Gusteau recently deceased chef voiced by the wonderful actor what a voice he has Brad Garrett the film is Ratatouille 2007 American computer animated comedy film produced by Pixar, released by Walt Disney Studios, the eighth film produced by Pixar. Uh, and let's see what blah, 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 as a whole. The title refers to the French dish ratatouille, R-A-T-A-T-O-U-I-L-L-E, served at the end of the film. And the species of the main character, a rat, le rat. Boca Raton, Raton. Set in Paris, the plot follows the rat named Remy, who dreams of becoming a chef. Apparently, Remy has a perfect sense of smell and taste, wants to become a chef, and tries to achieve his goal by forming an alliance with a Parisian restaurant's garbage boy. We'll leave it there. Here's the quote. If you focus on what you left behind, you will never see what lies ahead. Nilly, what, what great quotes you all sent. Nilly, we're talking about a movie about an animated rat, and we're talking about automation and finance. you got to pull us out of this one. Where are we going? Yes, uh, it's a great movie, and I saw Parasite. I just absolutely love that movie. It's fantastic. Um, I, the reason I brought that quote up, and I do love um, the rat character in, in Ratatouille, um, is... Well, two reasons. One is you can't really see or plan or forecast or provide analysis into the future if you focus wholly on the past. And historical analysis, which is something a lot of FPNA people do uh, as part of a broader analysis, is not gone or dead or not any more relevant than it was. It's just that it's not enough. Um, you have to leave that and look forward, whether it's with tools and usually tools enabling things like scenario analysis um, and what if analysis. Uh, so you have to look forward because as we all know, this um, future that we're in, the future we're going to be in, uh, as Colin said, you know, it's kind of difficult to plan. Um, or even, you know, almost impossible, you got to think about those events that may happen um, at the outliers. So um, I think you have, for CFOs looking forward and for FPNA looking forward mm -hmm. is a necessity. It's critical. It's the only way they can steer the corporate entity, the enterprise forward as well. So that's why I chose the quote.
Thank you, Nilly. I have a question for you and, and for the whole panel. What is the role of, what well, I guess, what you used to call look back? Because you do want to know what happened. You do want mm-hmm. to see how did our planning, how did our budget, what in the world happened in the real world? Did it hold up? Were we on track? Did it produce what we needed to do? Did it enable us to get done where the, the company needs to move forward? And now we're saying focus, focus, focus on the future. So what's the role of, of that look back? Just briefly, Nilly, let me start with you and go around the panel. Just what percent of the job, the focus, Focus of finance of of the FP&A is to look back right now, Nelly. I, I think it's a small percent, but it's critical because you need to look back for two reasons. One is yes, how did things pan out? Uh, you don't spend a huge amount of time on it, but that gives you insight into what you may have done incorrectly or how you can improve your model, or what in, inputs and assumptions need to be changed or updated. So you got to do that in machine learning and AI, the ongoing learning is learning from existing and then looking forward. The other reason to look back is in situations like we are in today, where we're in a difficult economic situation. Some people have never experienced the high inflation, the potential recession. Got to look back and, and see what happened before in situations like this to get some idea on what might happen in the future. So there's a lot of importance to looking back, but I would say it's 20, 25%, no more. That I've never asked that question on any of these shows, and it just dawned on me. We're saying forward, forward, forward. Well, there's got to be a value to looking back. Colin, thoughts on looking back? What percent? I think Nilly hit the nail on that one. I'd say 20 to 25 percent. Um, absolutely, because we do have to focus a little bit on the past to see and take those key learnings to bring that into the future. But I think Nilly hit everything on the nail there. Thank you. Nice collaboration there, Paul. I'm going to say it, agree or disagree. Where are you on this one? Yeah, I'm going to disagree. Um, In order to be able to create a forecast, you're going to have to do a lot of data that you're processing, right? There's the very critical revenue pieces that are happening. There are the the, the key event things that are happening. Uh, But to create the entirety forecast, you're going to have to bring in a lot of data that may not change. And you're going to want to trend a lot of that forward. To Millie's point on AI and machine learning being the forward-looking component of forecast, that requires a lot of historical data to create those those AI forecasts. And so, uh, in fact, a lot of the companies that we see in the marketplace don't necessarily have the volume of data that helps them provide that AI kind of uh, algorithm of forecast looking forward. So forecast is important in that it guides where that future looking forecast is going to be. And to Millie's point, I think she nailed it completely on the head with, with these, these events like COVID, supply chain disruptions. I need to be able to look at my history to be able to factor in or out what those things were to see what is my typical run rate. And then when these events are going to happen, that I can start to predict what some of the impacts or breadth of those may be um, based on historical impacts uh, in our current data set. Thank you. We love it when there's a disagreement because it makes it provocative and everybody starts thinking. Nilly, any quick comments back to Paul? I, I actually don't disagree with Paul. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, he said it's a what shame, he said right? next. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to, I guess, when I say 20-25%, part of it is assuming that a lot of the look back is happening automatically. It's happening through data pooling by the AI or the machine learning algorithm. So it doesn't take that much time out of people's day. But in terms of if you ask me how critical it is to look back, that's I agree with you, because without that data, you can't look forward. Yeah. Colin, you want to weigh in on this briefly? 
Exactly. It all has to do with the amount of time that's spent. I think, uh, Paul, with AI, a lot of it has been automated. So you're not actually physically putting in that time to look in as the AI gives you the insights a lot quicker than it used to, which is why I'm still on Nilly with this one. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you. This was interesting. And I, I call these sidebars, Paul and Kyle. And Nilly knows I do sidebars. Where it's not exactly in what we were going to talk about. But if, it, if I'm curious about it, I hope that it satisfies a question the audience might have as well. So now let's go to the formal roundtable, which we just started. And Paul, this is a perfect segue into what I had picked for your statement number yeah. number two you sent me. Let me just read a little bit of it and let's take this. Uh, what I'm going to do is ask you, and this worked out perfectly, actually. I'm going to ask you to <laughs> expand it for three minutes and then I'm going to go to you, Colin, and ask you to agree or disagree with Mr. Mm-hmm. Davis. And then Nilly, agree or disagree with either or both. Then Paul, you'll get a final comment. And then I will put into the chat while this is happening, Colin, but not while you're speaking, I'll pick one of your statements and put it in the chat for you. We'll go around. It'll be Colin and then Nelly and Paul, and then I'll pick one for Nelly. So let's get started. Paul told me the following in statement number two, forecasting in specific and FPA in general will never be fully automated. Yes, there's a human factor, tribal knowledge that is critical. I love that. But as we've seen Black swan events such as the COVID-19 lockdown, supply chain disruption, still here, by the way, generational inflation, recessionary pressures, or to the positive new business models coming out will change in changing environments. I'm going to stop there. This is packed. Paul, yeah. three minutes. Finish the statement. Go ahead. Yeah, I think when we see events happening that are, are significantly disrupting the business, um, my data, my AI will only pick up, you know, some perspective on on the value or import of each of those. So at some level, there has to be some strategic oversight, uh, whether it's uh, market guidance, whether it's executive guidance, um, whether it's interaction with a group like we just had, right? <laughs> Debating the importance of historical data and, and creating our own ratatouille uh, of pulling uh, <laughs> our own perspectives together. Um, but I think it is that human factor that looks at the AI and the machine learning results and determines where and which of those to apply uh, because the machine learning does create its, per, uh, its future forecast based on historical data. Therefore, we're going to need that, that long-term perspective uh, from the CFO, the office of the CFO. Even uh, we like to talk about uh, the uh, XFO, right? They're, 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 they're working uh, across multiple uh, financial components, regardless of what uh, uh, functional organization uh, they're in, be it supply, be it sales, be it finance. Breaking down the walls, getting rid of the silos, or at least Indeed. pretending momentarily that it's not not a solid wall. There we go. Thank you. Okay, that's our opening statement. Colin Chu, you're up. Agree or disagree with Paul? I have a hot take on this one. I actually disagree with Paul, just to that nature of the statement where he says it'll never fully be automated. One thing that I start I learned is that to never say never. So I think right now we are currently in the infancy of AI. So AI is in its baby stages. They're they're currently reactive machines. They're currently limited memory machines, such as the impressive AI that's you know the master at that Go game that has beat everyone. So the current use cases in AI in 2022 as it is now cannot support. Um, uh, completely automated forecasting and FPA in general, and it probably will not for the rest of our lives. 
But as technology evolves, as we know it will, I think in the future, maybe a few centuries from now, AI is going to potentially evolve to self-awareness or to the theory of mind AI intelligence types. And those ones will be able to do FP&A in the future. Remember, so jobs can become obsolete and automated over time. An example I can give you is in the 1800s, there used to be the human alarm clock, believe it or not. There'd be people walking around with a stick tapping on people's windows. Hey, wake up, wake up. And nowadays in 2022, we can't even imagine anyone doing that now. And another example. Except yeah. the people walking their dogs outside my window that park at 7.15 every, and the ducks on the pond, they go, whack, 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 at 7.20 in the morning. Go ahead, Colin. Yes, not, but not, not a person. Go ahead. Yeah, not a person. Exactly. And, but they were getting paid for that. And I guess people get paid to walk dogs, too, nowadays. But, um, yeah. So another example that we can see that's happening right in front of us is that cashiers are, are slowly disappearing. And you can see that there's self-checkouts um, now and there's, you know, that new Amazon store that doesn't have any staff that you can just walk out and automatically charges your card. So I think never say never, Paul. Things might change. <laughs> it's it's strange walking out and not having to go past the checkout point, right? It's like, did I just steal something? No, you'll find it on your statement. It's on your pay card. There we go. Nilly, join us. Agree or disagree. Good conversation. It's a great conversation. I don't know whether I'm scared or excited about what Colin just said. Um, <laughs> I do agree that um, it's a matter of time and not in our lifetime, but at some point um, this AI may perform that role, but I'm with Paul in the sense that I don't think human intelligence would be entirely replaced. Um, right now, it's a collaboration, to use that word again, of humans and machines to make it happen. Uh, and it's a good collaboration where people are able to do it. It's kind of a hard thing to learn how to do. Uh, going forward, machines will probably play an increasingly important role and uh, take away a lot of the work that FPNA does. Um, I'm not sure all of it will go away. That's a world I'm afraid of a little bit. Um, I know, for example, in my profession where I write a lot, there are now very good AI-enabled writing programs where they write entire newsletter and newspaper articles. Um, I still think I do a better job, so it may just be me, but I hope so. Um, so my job may disappear in the future, um, not in the near future. So I, I don't believe AI will be taking over everything anytime soon. I think humans have a lot to offer still in terms of perspective, in terms of strategy, um, I do see a CFO in the future having perhaps less staff, but that staff focusing only on strategic planning and thinking. Interesting. The human element and, and something we don't often talk about in finance is the human element brings empathy and heart and passion mm -hmm. and thoughtfulness. And, and what role does that play? That's a whole other show. I'll talk to Pras about that. Paul, this was your topic. Colin, I have a topic keyed up for you in the chat. Paul, anything back to your co-panelists? Well, I appreciate the passion that Colin has and his youthful exuberance for technology and where it's going. I, had, <laughs> I, uh, I also find it interesting that, that the quote in the movie that, that, that I referenced speaks directly to this, right? Uh, the AI operating system assumed the personalities of the millions of coders, right? And so the, as to Colin's point, the, the, the human factor was ultimately coded in as the AI evolved. So 
I, I, I will take uh, Colin's advice on never say never, not generate, not in our lifetimes, or I mean, not my children's lifetime. So within the time span, I'm, I'm going to agree never to say never. Thank you very much. Interesting. We talk about algorithms and AI. Somebody wrote them. Somebody had a bias. Mm-hmm. Somebody had an empathy. Somebody had a thought. It reminds me of the Barry Manilow song. If anybody remembers Barry Manilow, uh, I write the songs that make the whole world sing, right? Okay. It, it just dawned on me, but he didn't write that. Actually, Bruce Johnson wrote that, and everybody thinks Barry Manilow wrote it. I don't know why that came up, but it just popped into my head. Oh, my goodness. Colin, I've got a statement queued up, queued up for you here, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, I'm looking at your statement number two. This is brief and to the point. Let me read it, Colin, and then I'm going to give you your three minutes of glory to explain it, and then we'll ask Nilly agree, disagree, and then Paul. So Colin says the following, one area that is getting stronger and will continue to get stronger for FBA is the collaboration piece, which I mentioned earlier. With automation, there will be a greater degree of collaboration based on trust. And that trust comes from the trust in data. That is a hot potato topic, Colin. There's so much to talk about with trust. In whom, in what, and look at the U.S. coins. Did you know what we trust? Okay, we've been talking about that forever. So, Colin, you're up. Talk to us. Yeah, so let me give some more context. So I'm talking about trust specifically when it comes to the trust in data. So FP&A requires, like we mentioned earlier, that historical data to kind of make sense of what's going to happen in the future. And to be completely frank and honest, um, like Paul said earlier, to get to that state of automation in finance, there's a long, long road ahead. So the road first involves, you know, cleansing the data and agreeing upon the data and make sure that we have the right dimensions to move forward and having the right accurate data. Because when people are operating in spreadsheets, there's multiple versions of that data. And we want to make sure that we have that one single source of the truth and alignment. And I think right now, most people can agree that too much time is being spent by finance and their business partners by having to navigate, having to agree on and cleanse on basically just getting the data ready. It's not even doing the analysis part. So that part is the busy work that we want to get rid of. And having easily deployable data lakes or data warehouses, I think is the first step to automation. So this is where you've cleansed your data, agreed on the data, and now that the most important part is that you trust the data. And from there, you can focus on you know the AI and the machine learning and the future of automation to help you make those decisions. So once you got that data, um, the AI will help you using machine learning models, uh, give you different scenarios, and with that, you can decide the best way to go with your business. And now I think um, also one point to add is that you need to really make sure that um, with automation and uh, machine learning and predictive analytics that the data that you feed into that model is of quality because if you send garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. So to to get that garbage out is what we need to do in order to get that level of trust. G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. I was a programmer analyst back in the day, and we were even talking about it then. There you go. Thank you very much. Single point of truth, trust in thy data. Let's move around the table. And Nilius Hades, agree or disagree with Mr. Chu? Talk. Both. Um, I agree and disagree. (laughs) So I totally agree that you have to have that blessed data, that single source of the truth. And that's a huge issue with everyone we're speaking with our members Um, And in all the finance transformation journeys that I'm sure all of you have seen and and most of you experience, um, creating that single source of the truth, breaking uh, down system silos, 
connecting systems, integrating, moving to a cloud ERP, for example, there are different ways of going about it. Where I a little bit disagree is the timeline, because what Colin, I think, was saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, is you got to get that done first, and then you can do all these other cool things. I'm not sure we have the time to wait to get it all cleaned up and totally vetted and um, and blessed by um, by everyone and agreed upon and trusted by everyone before we do some of the analysis that needs to happen. So I would say that um, you do with what you've got for at the beginning with pilots and small scale implementations as you build up your data lake that everybody believes in. So I have a little bit of a difference in the timeline. I don't think it's one and then the other. I think they happen concurrently because we can't wait. That data cleansing process can take years in a lot of places. Thank you, Nelly. I don't, it's very rare we get somebody agree and disagree on the both statement. I appreciate that. Thank you. Colin, I'll let you respond after we hear what Paul has to say. Paul Davis, talk. Yeah. I was ready to disagree at the quote, but Colin did a great job of, of laying it out. And, and so I was ready to to fully uh, agree with him as well. Uh, Nilly raises a really good point. And what we see a lot in the marketplace is, is that quick time to value, right? These tools are getting in the hands of users who, who may not even know what the capabilities of these solutions are around reporting, analytics, machine learning. So getting them quick value components on the data they have the, today to solve an immediate business case is actually going to help uh, go after that larger set of data. What we're really excited right now and what I'm seeing a lot of excitement in the marketplace for is, is this concept around uh, the integrated digital dynamic federated data construct, be it um, you know data in the cloud, be it data hot versus cold storage, data lakes, all of these things are getting really exciting for us and, and enabling new technologies that we're we had the vision for it, but we just didn't have the capabilities before because the technology didn't support the volumes of data. And now that we're getting there, we're starting to get really excited about what that could be. So I, I, I agree with, the, uh, with both panelists. Very interesting. Colin, great conversation started. Anything briefly you want to say before I move to one of Nelly's yes, statements? Yes, I do. Um, so <laughs> what I mentioned earlier was the ideal state, but just because it's the ideal state doesn't mean that it needs to be done that specific sequence. So I agree with Nilly. the analysis needs to be done and the proof of concepts, the way that it's done, it's not sequential and it shouldn't ever be. So as actually in my past job, I was a pro professional uh, project manager and work when we work in project management is usually done concurrently, especially in the agile format. So when we're working on um, creating these financial dashboards and getting that insight, we do it in cycles of iteration, like Nilly mentioned in agile. So we're continuously improving. Uh, it's never, you know, you never expect it to be perfect, but we're continuously improving and we're working on that concurrently and not sequentially. Thank you very much. Great topic. Let's go to one of Nilly's statements. I picked number four, Nilly. This gets into something I don't think we've touched on yet, and it's important for the conversation. Nilly says, FP&A is often the orchestrator of the finance function's overall transformation. I see Colin and Paul shaking their heads. Yes, that means not only refining the operating model by breaking functional silos or establishing analytics or automation COEs, centers of excellence, but also thinking more broadly about the finance tech stack. Nilly, great topic. Talk to us. 
So it kind of flows nicely from our conversation in a couple of ways. Uh, one, um, the agility uh, issue that Colin raised, the constant iteration um, that needs to happen. Transformation in general is not a, there's no end point. Um, it used to be thought as we, if we go from here to there and now we're successful. I don't think that's the case anymore. Cannot be. Change is constant. So transformation is an ongoing process. And in uh, discussions with CFOs and heads of FPNA that I've been having um, and my previous work, um, I saw that the transformation lead or transformation office or whatever you want to call it sits within FPNA. And that's because FPNA has the broadest view of both the business and the finance angles, and they can bring that together. Um, so from an operational standpoint, that does mean looking across functions within SGNA, but also into the business. Um, whether it's setting up an analytics center of excellence, automation center of excellence, taking a broad view of what the finance functions role is within the organization headed by the CFO, office of the CFO. From a technology standpoint, kind of means a lot of the same in that you break down those source systems and, in, and use a lot of special systems in many cases or modules of larger systems to pull data from across everywhere and create some kind of an outlook or an insight or foresight. And because FPNA sits across all of these, it ends up being their role to look at the finance technology stack, which starts with a data lake. I mean, ideally, right, to Colin's point, on the bottom, there's a data lake where all the blessed data sits. And on top, there are core systems, whether, you know, in many cases, it's a ERP. In, in, and in most cases these days, it's becoming a cloud ERP. And then all these other specialist systems that help do things that perhaps the source system cannot provide or cannot provide yet. The importance is that it will support, it's kind of like, I'm thinking of it as finance as a service. It will support everyone across the finance organization. So if it's an analytics module or an analytics program, FPNA is going to use it. Treasury should be using it in looking at cash flow, for example, and forecasting. Um, so to me, the FPNA function is kind of the core of what finance does and supporting the CFO. And to do that, they need to be looking at the digital transformation. And that's kind of cliche by now. I think if we just say transformation, of course, it's digital. Um, and, and steering that forward to some kind of a shared vision. Thank you, Nelly. Very. I'm glad you clarified digital transformation. We don't need to use that D word there anymore because we've been talking about it for years and years. <laughs> Paul Davis, surprise, you happen to be sitting virtually right next to Nelly right now. So you get to talk about agree or disagree with her statement, Paul. Not only do I agree with Nelly's statement, I'm ready to go on the road show with her speaking at conference <laughs> and events and get this message out there. Uh, it, from what we're seeing in the marketplace, um, to to Millie's point, interviews with CFOs, uh, CTOs, CEOs. What has happened to us in the last two to three years has obviated the fact that financial information comes from a variety of sources and things that we're seeing like supply chain disruption, uh, the great resignation and human resources uh, impacts. People need to be able to evaluate that financial data and see how that is going to 
impact the bottom line. And so we're seeing a lot of companies out, out there going after these types of solutions. And this is where the automation becomes extremely important, right? To be able to integrate that non-financial data in with my financial information to pull together that full 360 degree picture of what the business is. And then where do we go next, right? In COVID, we saw a bunch of companies create whole new businesses or exceeding exploding business models, right? The music industry went from tours and t-shirts to streaming massively, right? And so they had to, to change their business model through these things. And so uh, I, I know personally one um, entertainment company that had to go out and get all of this streaming information, run it through a data lake, through Snowflake, and create analytics on top of it so that they could really predict where their financial future was going to be, where they should be investing, because their whole company market changed. Uh, so I, I 100% agree with Billy that, again, to your point, Bonnie, breaking down the silos, pulling that information together, and that's where these automation tools are going to become extremely important in, in doing that. Thank you. And I'm thinking of the the distillers of a certain alcohol products who went into producing hand sanitizer. Remember? That's right. The thing, That's and right. The, the companies that were walk-in restaurants that were shut down, they had to become uh, takeout. They had to become delivery services. They had to figure that business transformations, you're right, Paul, were so critical. And the companies that survived in the past two and a half years had to think literally overnight on what in the heck can we do with what we have, with what we know, with what we invested in, with what the world thinks it might need in the next 10, 10 minutes to what we didn't know was going to be two years. End of my pontification here. Colin, join us. We have, I'm looking at the clock, six minutes left. I need one for closure. Colin, comments on what Nilly said and or what Paul said. Go ahead. Yeah, I actually couldn't completely agree more. So we actually call this process extended planning analysis or collaborative planning. And this is the future. And this is what's agreed upon by both our customers, our analysts, Finance is interconnected with the rest of the business and the financial planning needs to reflect that collaboration, especially with all these black swan events, you know, record high inflation, incredible gas prices, things are changing all the time. And with these iterations, we need to be continuously making these changes to our business plans, our financial plans, so that we can adapt to these current results and and. With AI coming in, it's going to help expedite this process and help support it. So it's going to make it easier for us to pivot when it comes to those plans. Great quote from Friends. Remember Ross bringing the couch up in the Policeman episode? I think it was a, a season one, episode five. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Some people use that on my shows. I'm sorry. I just, I Nilly, great conversation. We got five minutes left. Thank you, Matt. Nilly, go ahead. Comment back to them, please. So I really think Colin brought the kind of the crux of the issue is the collaborative planning extend, whatever we call it, the integration with the business. And that couldn't be more important now as it is in times of crisis, as it was in terms of COVID and evaluating new businesses, as Paul was talking about. Um, the FPN, we just ran a survey and one of the things that the FPNA participants respond and said is they expect an increase in the demand for their services from the business. Businesses are going to have a hard time. They're going to need more collaboration with finance to understand how their specific part is going to perform going forward. So that connection between operations and finance could not be more critical right now. Technology enables it, so does process and collaboration among people. So it kind of has various levels to it. Um, couldn't happen without agreeing on certain data, of course. 
But I think going forward, we'll see more of that aspect of collaboration and ease and more FP&A functions transforming themselves into that advisory role, which is really where the CFO sits right now in supporting strategic decisions. Thank you all. Nilly. thanks for another great conversation starter. I have one more comment I'm going to throw in here. Paul, this is from your statement number four, just the first sentence. I'll read it. I'm not putting it in the chat for you, and we're almost ready to close. You say, it is vital to the automated future of planning that FP&A morphs into XP&A, a.k.a. extended planning and analysis. Do you want to just take, I know we talked about that a little before, but I think that would be good to leave our viewers and our listeners with. Paul, just quickly uh, give you one minute and then 30 seconds around the table. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think this is where automation is most vital right now, right? We are at the tip of the iceberg, as, as Colin said, right? We're, we're just getting those tools mature. We're just starting to understand about how to bring that together. So in order to get these groups talking together, we need to get their data homogenized on the same set of, of uh, footing. So to me, that's 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 the criticality of, of providing that data so that we can really start to do the, the collaborative analytics on top of that. Thank you. Nilly, comments? Yeah, I think I would just add, I totally agree with Paul, I would just add that with some of these new tools, we can see a push towards self-service analytics, um, where the businesses can benefit from an algorithm that was generated centrally, but then is pushed out to the rest of the business. Easy interface, very friendly, because there's no time anymore to just call FP&A and say, hey, what do you think about this? Can you help out? Uh, a lot of that work needs to happen on the ground. So I think self-service analytics is going to help that extended FP&A collaboration concept. Thank you. 30 seconds. Colin, I'll give you 45 seconds. Go ahead, Colin, too. Yeah, I couldn't, improve, uh, couldn't agree with that anymore. There's actually a lot of preparation that needs to go into these business processes. And I think it's a lot of work right now and a lot of companies are overwhelmed. But this is why autonomous processes are so crucial to getting the value out of XPNA. And I know some companies that I work with personally, they use automated workflows to help clean and extract that data so that it's trusted uh, when they work on extended planning analysis and collaborative planning throughout the organization. Thank you. Quick question for all, Paul, then Colin, then Nilly. Will we still be talking about this topic one year from today? Paul, yes or no? That's all we have time for. Yes, we will. Colin? Absolutely. Nilly? Couldn't agree more. Yes. There we go. I want to thank the three of you for talk about collaboration. This was a really, Colin, now you know how Game Changers Radio works. Paul vaguely remembers it from years ago. Nilly knows. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a conversation. We want to share, share the, the expertise and the experiences of the three of you as practitioners in the field with our audience around the world and get them excited and thinking about things that maybe they weren't ready to think about exactly. I want to thank our engineer, Matt, again, our sponsors, Prast Chatterjee at SAP and Chris Grundy, uh, who has been with us for so many years. He's, as I see, is a new team now, but he's still part of this. He looks over us once in a while. I want to thank Paul Davis and Analysis Prime. Paul, thanks for coming back. Lovely to reacquaint Colin Chu. Come back anytime. What energy. You're, you're a, a poster, poster child. I can say that for, for, for young people. He thinks he's a millennial. I think you're a wire. Z. Getting into finance, Nilia Sadie's at the Noy Group. Thank you so much. And I want to say, here's my closing call to action. Nilly will remember this, Paul, maybe not so much. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Paul Davis, just like Colin Chu, just like Nilia Sadie's. Bonnie D signing off. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.